0: Welcome to the Move Daily Health Podcast, where we share information to empower you to be your own health hero.
1: Welcome to the Move Daily Health Podcast. This is episode number one with guest Jackie Merkopoulos of Evolve Holistic.
2: Hi, guys. Thank you for having me. So, Jackie is
0: uh, joining us today to talk about all things gut health and, most importantly, poop. Jackie, can you fill us in a little bit on why we're bringing you on to discuss
2: defecation? Why I'm so passionate about poop? Yes. I would love to. Um, Well, my background is in kinesiology and massage therapy, and more recently, in the last few years, I've really taken um, a deep dive into learning and researching things around gut health. There's been a lot of talk uh, in the last few years around gut bacteria and the importance of that. Um, But with my background, I wanted to take a look at more of the connective tissue and the actual anatomical structures that are in that area of the body and how can we, not just by eating uh, things that promote good gut bacteria or gut health, but what can we do to physically actually help our bodies to allow those organs in that very important area of our body to thrive and work optimally.
0: With regards to digestive issues, um, as you noted, you're focusing on the connective tissue. Most people think of food when it comes to all digestive issues. And you notably work with people on helping them understand their abdomen and what tissues might need releasing that aren't really food-related, but if food gets backed up, can become an issue in and of
2: themselves. So you work with people hands-on doing gut massage. Absolutely. I work hands-on with them, um, looking at the physical aspect, also the psycho-emotional aspect of this area of the body which is a big thing that we'll we'll dive into a little bit later but my main goal with them is not only to to work one-on-one with them but is also to give them tools where they can do some really good self-care and take care of this area of the body themselves as you mentioned a lot of people will right away go to food which can be one of the causes but at the end of the day i think it's important for us to know a little bit more about our bodies and to understand how things work and where things are so that we can not always go and blame uh, the food we ate or external causes and, and just know a little bit more about ourselves the more we know about our bodies and how things work and how they should work how things should feel how they shouldn't feel it's easier for us to get those little cues when something might not be going right so there's a big education piece that i love to do with my clients as well to get them to understand more about their bodies this you know the digestive system is in my opinion one of the most important systems in the body other than the lungs and our brain Um, but this is where we get all our nutrients from this is where all of uh, the nutrients that form our tissues and give us energy to do the things that we need to do there's so many things happening in the background that we're not aware of and I think it's important for us to educate ourselves about those things so that we can get those little cues from our body when something's not going right and then know what we can actively do to change them. Absolutely.
1: One of the big things that clients will often come to us and say, you know, I'm constipated. Well, I think there's actually a bit of a misconception over like, what is normal when it comes to poop? Like how often should people be pooping? Do you have any insight on that?
2: I mean, everyone is a little bit different. So I think that in terms of what's the normal uh, amount that people should be going, going to the washroom, going to that good old number two is really individualized. So normal is, you know, Some people say that going every day three times like every time you eat you should be going that could be some people's normals But there are some people that it's every other day or every third day that they're going and as long as that's a rhythm that their Body's constantly in and it's not something that's out of the ordinary then that might be their normal But anything more than three days That's when we're kind of looking at some some issues that we might want to be looking at in terms of constipation or any digestive issues or Or things like that.
1: Yeah, I think a lot of people default to, you know, if I didn't go to the bathroom today, I'm constipated. And now there's a problem, Mm -hmm. and the red flag goes up, and then people start searching and overthinking for things. So I think it's important for people to understand if there's no discomfort, if, you know, you're living a normal life and you're, you know, going through maybe you had a stressful day and you didn't go to the bathroom, that's not a problem. Mm -hmm. It can be totally fine. And it's just understand what your normal is. It's when there's a chronic pattern developing and it's, uncomfortable and it's Mm -hmm. affecting your day-to-day life Mm -hmm. that's really when it's time to start digging in on
2: these things. Absolutely and it makes me think of this um, this talk that I heard uh, Julia Enders who is a scientist that is doing a lot of research in this area right now and she did a talk I believe it was a TED talk on the gut And she was saying that simple things like, you know, if you're used to going every day, but you've been in a stressful situation or, you know, you're in public and there could be all of these little environmental cues that kind of tell your body, Hey, um, this isn't the best place for you to go right now. So we're just going to close the door and you know, you'll go later, but it's just not happening right now. And if that happens once, like you said, people might start, Oh my God, I'm constipated. And they're starting to rush and, you know, starting to do laxatives and stuff like that, which we'll get into more details, but it's, it's sometimes it's just that that wasn't the right time for your body to go and our bodies are pretty you know they're pretty interesting you know robotic little uh, mechanisms that's good that go on automatically that we don't even consciously are aware of so there's that piece of it too
0: and i think we can all relate to having been on a trip and having complete changes while on the trip and then coming home and everything goes back to normal absolutely it's absolutely. like your body's understanding cool
2: I'm back where I need to be Mm -hmm. we're good to go here we know exactly what our environment's like and uh, we're comfortable that sense of comfort and control kind of starts to feed into one of the psycho-emotional aspects um, about the lack of control Um, and we can get into that a little bit more deeply later but that would be one little highlighted area where when we travel when we're in different environments that are not in our normal kind of control area that could be one response if it's happening once in a while not an issue but if this is something frequently going on then you might want to look in deeper to that
1: i was always fascinated as a child when we would go on family vacation to our cabin up in the woods mm-hmm. where there's nothing but an outhouse yeah and i would not go to the bathroom for 5 days yeah. 6 days yeah and Getting back home, you know, maybe ten minutes down the road, and I'm like, we gotta get there. Like, are we there yet? Are we there yet? Because man did I have <laughs> the to- The floodgates
2: are moment. opening.
1: <laughs> yeah. So it's again, yeah. as you're as a kid, it's mm-hmm. like you don't worry that you're constipated. Mm-hmm. As an adult, if something like that happens, well something's clearly wrong, you have that panic moment, right? But absolutely. it's if your environment changes mm-hmm. or the stress around you changes, it's the massive factor. So absolutely.
0: And One of the key things speaking of stressors and digestion and so on one of the key things beyond constipation is bloating at a higher level, right? Yeah. and so um, With regards to bloating, what does that generally mean if you're suffering from chronic bloating in your practice? What is it that you communicate with your clients?
2: one thing with bloating and this is going to be a really common theme with all digestive issues mm-hmm. is is rushing we're in a society right now where everything is at like a crazy speed and we're trying to keep up and we're constantly doing things. If you're not busy, then you're not normal. So we find things to make us busier. And, uh, and so we're constantly rushing. So when we're rushing, oh, I forgot to eat, or oh, I'm hungry and then you're starving. So you like ravage and shove everything down and you end up overeating. I mean, there's such a big connection to, uh, to slowing down while you're eating. Related mm-hmm. to bloating. I mean if you're not if you're rushing to eat, you're not chewing your food uh, Properly, I mean digestion starts with your eyes looking at the food, but mechanically it starts in your mouth and if, if, if that's rushed you're causing an extra job for the stomach And the stomach is not built with teeth like our mouth is, so you're going to cause some issues there and then these big chunks are going to get passed through and the reaction of our small intestine is then to kind of bloat and it's like we need acid, lots of acid and then there's all this extra acid that's being made and whether it's a food reaction or the acid buildup or just the bigger chunks of particles going through your system that haven't been chewed properly, those are all possible causes for bloating. Um, and then if you look deeper into the concept of slowing down while you're while you're eating we can now look into into mindful eating there's a huge wave right now about mindfulness across the, the board and mindful eating is a big one and a lot of the research coming out right now is referring to the mindful eating and relating it directly to obesity and weight loss which is very important but I think it's An important thing for everyone to adopt yeah regardless of their weight regardless of your weight or anything like that shouldn't be your main reason losing weight should not be your main reason why you should want to mindfully eat there's so many benefits of mindfully eating and that to me is like the number one go-to solution for any like first go-to solution for anyone who's suffering from whether it's bloating or any digestive issues period because the concept of rushing eating too fast Constantly on the go. It's a lot of stress on our bodies and our bodies are not going to perform well under stress We're not meant to be under stress for an extended period of time and our body's not made to to digest when we're under stress. So That's a big big contributing factor to bloating
0: beyond the food itself. I think the epitome of, um, of rushing was when we were out west recently seeing a person on a Segway holding a massive burger while talking on the phone and like rushing down the street mm-hmm. on this segue, mowing down on this mm-hmm. burger while on the phone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was just like, what have we gotten to? Yeah. Cause that's, yeah, definitely where most of us, regardless of weight are, you know, just trying to move too fast for our own good. So It's not even about the food anymore so much as mm-hmm. how we're consuming it for that bloat.
1: Yeah. And it's, and it's not just bloating too. I mean, the mindful eating piece, it plays into all different aspects of, of issues. Um, you know, In our recent blog, we touched base on uh, three of the most common ones being bloating, constipation, diarrhea, and heartburn, acid reflux. And one of the main things that you want to do in any of those circumstances, the first thing is just change your eating environment. Mm-hmm. Just slow it down. Give priority to your digestion. You know, before you start doing elimination diets, before you start going with any of these advanced, high-tech things, just prioritize eating. Like it's it's really something that we all just kind of skip over because we don't think of it as an option in our day-to-day lives mm-hmm. because there's too much already going on. Yeah. But when you prioritize time for those things, then that frees up time later when you're trying to figure out, you know, on Google, oh, what do I do for constipation? And, mm-hmm. you know, you save time if you take that first step and just eat a little bit more slowly. Yeah. So with that being said, with the mindful eating, are there any specific types of techniques that you would recommend to people in terms of being more mindful? Any little
2: tips? I mean I think, and we had uh, mentioned it in our blog, is is setting, first of all setting a timer. I think that we, because we're so rushed, we don't take the time to have a proper breakfast, sit down for lunch, have the, the dinner, because we're always on the go. Setting a timer and, and sitting down. All that you're doing is eating, right? Just to go back to that segue example that you gave, our bodies are wired in a way that, okay, if we're about to eat, you know, there's signals sent to the brain that say, okay, we need to start producing stomach acid, so send those signals there, okay, digestion needs to start. And for digestion to really take place, everything else needs to be fairly, fairly Chilling relaxed, out. Yeah. okay? So yeah. now, if we take the Segway example, and he's now Basically like vision-wise trying to make sure that he's not getting hit or run over or running into something So there's a lot of sensory input there Mm -hmm. Um, So now digestion is not a priority anymore You know like making sure that your life is saved is a priority and then you're listening to music or talking to someone on the phone So there's more sensory input there. Mm -hmm. So the fact that you're putting food in your mouth and starting to chew is is not the priority anymore so After you eat that, your digestion is not going to be optimal because Mm -hmm. there's probably not enough stomach acids that are there. You're probably not chewing properly. So So undigested particles get farther into the system than they should. So by slowing down, by setting a timer and slowing down, and as Dane, you mentioned, your environment, Mm
0: -hmm.
2: by making minimal amount of stimulus while you're eating, sets yourself up to to really be successful in that digestive process because Mm -hmm. then the priority is that. It's called our rest and digest nervous system for a reason. Rest and digest. We're not meant to be digesting when we're under stress or we're trying to do 20 things at the same time. So that would be my number one go-to for mindful eating is slow down, be conscious of your environment, and set that timer.
0: So on that note, with regards to the timer, um, and this is advice that was given to me, if under an extremely stressful situation, that, you know, is probably going to continue for the next couple of hours. The advice I was giving that I apply to myself is just, if you can't take that 20 minutes and dedicate it, don't eat Mm -hmm. until you can. Mm -hmm. Because to rush it and to force it does more harm to your system, then it does good. So obviously if it's like, no, you're not going to be able to eat for another 12 hours and you've Mm -hmm. already not eaten for six. Okay. Maybe that's not going to help your outcome Mm -hmm. because food obviously is also needed to Mm -hmm. deal with stress. But if it's an acute, like I've got these two hours of whatever it is on my plate right now, I would like to eat, but it's a really bad environment for me to be able to do it properly. Would your recommendation follow waiting or would you modify that and say like well at least commit five minutes and maybe have half the meal or something like that
2: i would definitely say wait it out if you can but that is also i think individualized or should be Mm -hmm. individualized because if you had someone that has blood sugar issues you know what i mean you don't want them to go too long without eating um, you know depending on what that stressful stuff is if it's something where you need to be sharpen on on the ball Maybe your blood sugar dropping too low is actually not gonna let you thrive exactly. in, in that yeah. exact scenario or what you need to get done so maybe if you can wait I would wait but another option would be to and this again goes back to the idea of planning is to have like a shake with you where it's just like protein powder where you can just toss some water in there and like sip on that um, something that's easy for you to digest that could at least give you a little bit of sustenance in order for you to kind of make it through that little time yeah. period but that would be a, a personal preference I know for me personally I work better with just waiting yeah but I would suggest you know maybe planning to have some nuts or like a small fruit or something that's <laughs> like easy to digest and again that would be more specifically to anyone who has any like those hangry people where like if they get a little hungry, they just like turn into the Hulk. Like maybe they might not be able to wait and they'll be able to function more if they just, you know, have a little a little snack like that. Yeah. Um, but again, something that's easy to digest because again, if you're in a stressful situation, you don't want to eat something crazy hard to digest because again, your body's not in the optimal environment in order to do that. So, to do so. if you can't wait, I would suggest to, do, to eat something that is easy to digest.
1: Yeah, and and that's where people get into trouble too, is because they're going through this rushed work day, and then they're late on their meals, and then they go to have a quick snack. Mm -hmm. But that snack is often something Mm -hmm. that's going to contribute to bloating in and of itself due to the Mm -hmm. food choices. You know, if you're picking a processed food, some sort of, let's take a protein bar for example. These are an extremely popular Mm -hmm. item for people who are on the go, especially people who are cognizant about their fitness and they'll grab these protein bars. Mm-hmm. And they're you know, they bloated because they're stressed, they need a protein bar and things get worse. But one of the main ingredients in almost every single protein bar are sugar alcohols. Yeah. And sugar alcohols ferment readily in the mm-hmm. gut, and that leads to just copious amounts of bloating. Mm-hmm. So people have to be super, super careful if bloating is a concern, to pick the right strategy yeah. because if you're defaulting to something that's quick and easy but quote unquote healthy because it contains protein, yeah. you could actually just be making things worse and worse and worse. Absolutely. So so this is where it becomes so important to schedule in your meals, know when you're gonna eat. Mm-hmm. And if you can't something came up, you know, blow through it. Blow through it. And wait till you can actually mm-hmm. treat your
2: body. Mm-hmm. You know? Absolutely. And I mean the protein bars, I think with those is people need to remember that they're super processed processed things are not easy to digest so anything that's processed is not easy to digest so I would definitely not recommend you know going and having those be a habit especially once in a while okay but people that go through cases of them and that's their like go-to meal replacement Mm -hmm. real food is always going to be a better option always and even on that note with like a protein
0: shake really important from a gut perspective to also have fat with that because that just having a massive bolus of protein come through mm-hmm. in a liquid format mm-hmm. can in and of itself create a situation where you're bloating. Absolutely. Um, so there are obviously many factors to to incorporate, but yeah. I think the key takeaway is just make time. Mm-hmm. It does more wonders Absolutely. Um, than but not. Those are special cases, right? Yeah. Like
2: if you're chronic suffering from bloating... if if you're a diabetic, you know, there's always the one-up cases always. that you have to consider, but as an overall kind of blanket statement, schedule the time in. If you can't, skip through it, but slowing down is, is key.
1: Yeah, and then right alongside with bloating, um, you know, we uh, we find that a lot of the, the people who come to us uh, suffer from constipation as well. We find that that's a very, very common digestive issue. Um, I would say more so within the female population than the male population. It's far more prevalent, but you see it across both. Um, and what do you say? Any leading causes of constipation that people should be really, you know, looking out for?
2: Well, I find it interesting that you mentioned the stat of it's more common in females and males, because if we look at, um, I'm just going to dive right into the good stuff here. If we look at the psychoemotional aspects of constipation, a big, big cause of that is, um, not feeling like you have control. And being a woman myself, I know that women like to... Wait, what? Have You're control. A, really? I'm, I'm a female guy <laughs> well. You know. Hang on. I feel like I'm allowed to say this because I'm a female. That we, as females, tend to have a harder time with giving up control. I see this in my private practice as well. Like men come in and they're just like, okay, just stretch me. And then the women come in and they're like, but, 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 what? but if I just... So let's just make that a, a small little connection there. That uh, there's a big thing about control with this. If you're in a situation where you feel like you've lost all control, constipation can be a body's reaction to kind of regain that. It could be from an argument that you're having with a partner to someone in a family to uh, related to your work, anything like that. Going back to the environmental stuff, if you're constantly on the road and traveling and you're never in your own comfortable space, this could also be a contributing factor to that lack of control because you can't control your environment when you're constantly on the go. So control would be the number one um, thing that I'd want people to kind of stop and take a look at and think of from that psycho emotional aspect. But another big thing is stress and tension in our body. I yeah. mean, most people sit all day, mm-hmm. okay? They're sitting at a desk or they're sitting in a car and the front of the body is compressed. The ribs kind of sink down towards the hips. The hips are closed. We're slouched forward. So our breath is being compromised as well as our digestion. You know, if you took out our digestive system, you could lay it across a tennis court. It is, there is so much material there. And if you think about where it is in our body, it's all kind of scrunched in that one place. It's already tight to begin with. And now add compression to that area from daily habits of posture that we, that we partake in. and, And we're starting to cause some real big kind of like, you know, traffic, pileups, kink in the hose here, all of that type of stuff. So stretching is really important for that and opening up and making sure that we're countering that, not just from a movement sense of like moving around for joint health and moving around Mm -hmm. for exercise, for heart rate and all that, but more just like moving so that you give space for your organs to be able to do their job and push things through.
0: And, and on that point, um, I think (laughs) Another thing that I've spoken to, again, many of my female clients, is how they hold themselves posturally and what clothes they wear. Because allowing, like some bloat can occur with normal digestion, not the extreme stuff or the uncomfortable stuff, but um, even just having clothes that don't even allow for proper breathing mechanics just means that nothing is moving properly. And I find that women are more prone to wearing, I mean, it's partly what's in Mm -hmm. style, to wearing things that are more constrictive, Absolutely. and that alone can create that situation where you're not breathing properly, you're holding yourself in a posture that's chronic abdominal tension, mm-hmm. and um, in some cases, you know, it's like drawing in the belly button as an unfortunate reason for maintaining a brace or what or a profile yeah. <laughs> posturally, and all of those things it's like you just let yourself breathe a little more and as silly and simple as it sounds wear clothes allow you to do so Mm -hmm. without thinking about it and then understanding too that you don't have to suck in or draw in your abdomen and like that's not a healthy resting position um one of the great things in uh, qigong is they teach you how to not create tension there Mm -hmm. and a lot of the focus is on yeah, you're maintaining that upright posture with as much ease as possible. And a lot of it is just about not forcing breath, but a letting things just go.
2: Absolutely. Like, let your belly go. And, and you say that, let the belly go, that goes back to the thing of control, right? Like, yes. we're so conditioned yeah. to, like, we're on the go, everything's about getting tighter and stronger and pulling everything in, bracing and making sure that we're protecting our bodies, but at the same time, if you're not lifting something, if you're not weight training or lifting a heavy object off the floor... There's also no reason for you to be bracing all the time, all day, you know, so that idea of letting go and kind of letting the tissue kind of hang off the bone, it's like an opposite concept for most people, but it's a really important thing for us to practice and be able to do because we don't always need to be under tension, or should we. Nor should we, yeah.
1: It's fascinating that we've been talking about constipation now for several minutes and we haven't spoken about food or fiber or any of the common things Mm -hmm. that people really look for. And even as a male, I can attest when I was I was probably ten or eleven years old as a little chunky kid, mm-hmm. and at school I'm like, Mom, I don't I don't want to be the fat kid anymore and being teased, and she said, Well, just walk around with your gut sucked in. Yeah. No, that was advice that I was given to you know just mm-hmm. to look better, and I mm-hmm. know that that is something that so many people do. They walk around just sucking in their gut all day mm-hmm. just so that they look a certain way, yeah. and like you guys just said, if you're actually mechanically changing your abdomen think about what that's doing to the stuff inside there and you're and again going for the psychoemotional you're hiding something and you know you're hiding something every second of the day yeah so there's a lot of dissonance going on in there as well so Mm -hmm. it's just really really fascinating that all of this stuff we're talking about nobody really mentions when it comes to constipation and i think the big thing there is that you can't necessarily monetize what we're talking about you know, you can talk about diets and you talk about food and you can talk about uh, laxatives and medications to make you poop and all this kind of stuff, but you can't really monetize just saying, hey, uh, breathe.
0: Or <laughs> wear pants that, you know, give you a little more
2: room or something. Or get rid of, get rid of your underwire bras. Yeah. Like these tight yeah. underwire yeah. bras that are like pressing everything up and sucking everything in. It's like, yeah. just get rid, get, get rid of your bras all together. We should just get rid of clothes. I'm all just for it. nudity. You know, Let's nudity. get rid of all pooping and nudity, right? <laughs> yeah. that's, that's the answer to everything, guys. No. <laughs> poop.
1: If you take anything from this podcast, poop naked. Yeah.
2: That's our professional <laughs> advice. After years
0: of education, just uh, run around naked and you'll poop more yeah, easily. Absolutely. Uh, not wrong. Having said that, I mean, your niece had some great advice when it came to constipation.
2: Oh, absolutely. I was sitting with her getting ready for her bath one day and... Uh, I mean, I did educate this to her, I, I educated her about this earlier, but she remembered and she was sitting on the toilet and, you know, had that little forceful face that we all recognize, that little like squinty, scrunchy constipation face. And, you know, I said, what's wrong? And she says, oh, I didn't drink enough water today. And I was just like, good answer. And she knew that when she struggled, she it was like her own gauge. She's like, if I have to push and force this hard, yeah. it's because I didn't drink enough water today. Yeah. And the next day she, you know, made sure that she got back on and she's four and a half. Right. And it was just like, it just stuck with her and it was so intuitive for her. As soon as she started pushing, it wasn't like, Oh, Get me a emodium or whatever, an yeah. X lax that's the opposite one. <laughs> no, she says, I got it tomorrow, I got to drink more water. So yeah. sometimes, because she doesn't know any better. She doesn't no. know that there's laxatives out there that exist, but she remembered that I once told her, like, you got to drink water because it makes it easier for you to poo. And yeah. I hope she always remembers that. Solid advice. Way better than laxatives, <laughs> for sure. <laughs>
1: Yeah. And that's, you know, again, just kind of going back to the blog that we released the other day, you know, the, the key advice that we give to clients just upfront, if you're constipated, one is to stay hydrated, make sure you're drinking enough water mm-hmm. um, two, make sure you're moving your body, you're not just sitting all day, you're moving your hips. And then three, You're breathing through your nose. You're not stress breathing, you're not sucking in your gut all day. Mm -hmm. These are the three, like basically human survival (laughs) mechanisms that every human should be doing properly every day that we often overlook. Mm -hmm. And it's these basal health markers that if you skip over those and just go right to the laxatives, I mean, think about what you're doing to your body. Mm -hmm. So it's boring advice, it's not flashy drink your water move your body and breathe deeply through your nose it's simple advice and nobody you know it's not flashy but this is the stuff that gets you healthy and gets your body working
2: it may not be flashy but the two best things i think about about that advice is number one it's free everyone has access to those things and we as individuals have a hundred percent control over them so when you're talking about control issues with constipation you want to gain some control Make those conscious choices of, do, of doing better for your body. So free and you have 100% control. I mean, those are pretty good, good things to be able to have when you're looking at some self-care habits. Absolutely. With regards to the
0: opposite problem, we see this too in cases of stress and control, is loss of control, like loose stool. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, both short, acute, Diarrhea and then long-term chronic diarrhea or
2: long-term bouts of mm-hmm. it, and uh, generally, what's your take on that? On the other end of the spectrum, the runny, the the runny end. Well, with that, I think if it's something like short-term or like out of the blue. I don't think that it's necessarily a bad thing. It's usually your body telling you something's wrong. Like, you Mm -hmm. ate something bad, everyone out. Get it out. (laughs) (laughs) No one's welcome here, everybody out. Yeah. So, if it's happening kind of like that, where it's just like you're usually regular and then all of a sudden it's just like, flug weights open again, then I would just say, you know, maybe look at what you ate the day before and think about maybe not eating whatever might have set you off. Mm Now if that persists, and it's something that becomes a chronic thing, then that's when we start to want to take a look at some things, and I mean, that's where, again, food can come into play, but there's a big piece there, again, on, from a psycho-emotional standpoint, on anxiety, and nervousness, and things of that nature, where you're just like, you're so anxious and nervous that everything's just like, your body can't even absorb or, or do anything with it, because it's protecting the, you know, the body from, from that stress. So stress is, is another big one that I would say uh, when it comes to bloating, as well as diarrhea, stress and anxiety are too big, worrying, like worrying, yeah. being anxious, those are big issues and they sit right in your stomach, like it's, you yeah. know what I mean, like when you're anxious and nervous, you can feel it in your stomach.
0: And it's kind of like your body wants everything out so you don't have to deal with it because you already have enough on your plate elsewhere. Exactly. exactly. And I had a client who uh, notably had um, loose stool every single morning before going we to work, like mm-hmm. hands down for months. And... It took her a while before she finally mentioned it and uh, when she did, we just changed a couple things and then changed the timing of meals Mm -hmm. and within literally days, she was like, yeah, no, I'm fine. It was more recognizing that it's like your body's in this stressed out state right before you go to work, you're rushing it, you're worried about work because it's a high stress job Mm -hmm. and it's like, yeah, no, you know what, we're not going to have time for this later so just get out now so we can shut down the factory kind of thing. Um, And that was our interpretation of it. Mm -hmm. So that's interesting to hear you say it's like constipation is a little more control from a psycho-emotional standpoint or no water from a food standpoint. But then conversely, you have like that loose stool side of things, the chronic side that could mm-hmm. be more an anxiety and a worry. And I know a lot of people feel that, like Dana and I have both competed, you've competed in sports. Um, I don't know many people who have not had loose stool prior to sports. Because yeah. for me, before a race, I have to go to the washroom more times than I care to admit. But it's almost like my sister's just like, no, just get this out. You don't have time to have anything in you because we're going to go do a thing. Mm -hmm. But it's literally just the morning of or Mm -hmm. the day before. Mm -hmm. And Dane's had the same sort of things. And it's nothing that we've eaten that's allergenic. Like there's, you know, we're not stressed in terms of, Mm -hmm. you know, our physical being. We've rested and whatever. But it's just like, no, you've got this five-hour thing to do. Mm -hmm. you got to get rid of things in there. So, I mean, that side is more the brief Periods periods of time exactly. that are that are okay. understandable. Those understandable, okay. and they're normal. Is when
2: it's when that's the extended period. And yeah, I mean, there could be some deeper psychoemotional emotional issues or or anything around that. But there could also be a food issue. You know, it's at totally. the end of the day. If we're giving you all of these tips on you know what to do, the tips that we give you guys are are kind of like your first free go to, like yeah. easiest to do and implement. When we say easy, we mean that they're they're simple. Nice. it's It's not easy to create a habit always but they're simple concepts is what I'm trying to say but if you want you, you can look at food if it's something again that persists and you've tried these things that we've been suggesting but it's still a problem then that's when you start to go in and look at elimination diets and stuff like that we're not trying to say that those aren't important they do have their place and we highly recommend that if any of this persists for a long time you either go see your doctor your holistic nutritionist um naturopath naturopath someone that can do the proper testing to now look at that but that's more of like a last resort than a first resort and that's what we're trying to educate everyone about is is not always going to that you know more complicated route when there's simple things that you guys could be doing in order to change checking your home remedies (laughs) that you're
0: built with exactly before going into more like and i've gone through more gut testing than i you know would like to have Mm -hmm. had to do over the years Mm -hmm. mostly because of chronic issues Mm -hmm. but I'll be the first to admit that like the home stuff that you do is bar none like the most Mm -hmm. important because at the end of the day none of those other tests are really going to be that helpful Mm -hmm. if you don't address all that you are doing and like just be honest about it it's like actually no I'm eating fried foods every night well Mm -hmm. okay you don't need to go seek out extra help maybe just try eliminating that one and Mm -hmm. on the blog we do obviously have recommendations where if it's very chronic and there are some big red flags like go see your doctor or allied healthcare Mm -hmm. practitioner immediately Mm -hmm. we're not just dismissing it as like oh you're a little too stressed Mm -hmm. um but there are also some like well laid out food things to look at and then that emotional piece where you know you realize yeah you know what i've been under more of this Mm
2: -hmm. type of emotion for a long term are all valid. Sometimes I think it's just important for us to like we're constantly looking for external solutions yeah. so sometimes just by like sitting with yourself and kind of asking yourself some questions you're very likely to find a lot of answers if you take the time to do that so I mean nobody knows you better than you and your body knows you. like so sometimes it's just tuning out shutting yeah. all the stimulus and just asking yourself like what am I feeling what am I doing are there things that I could be changing is there things that I could be letting go of is there stuff that I'm not expressing this Am, am I not exercising, am I not stretching, like what am I not, a lot of people are like, I don't know what I did. And sometimes it's like, what have you not been doing? Yeah. That's yeah. always a question that it's I get. Okay, really, yeah. they like, this happened and I don't know what I did. And I would be like, well, well have you not been doing? And they're kind of like, what? And it's like, it's usually not something you did, it's something that you haven't been doing. And yeah. those were the only ones that can answer that question. So that reflection piece I think is really important. And one thing I that, that I do want to mention too about um, just like the small episodes of, of having a bit runnier stool is, and all the females I think can relate to this, is, is period shits. And I say that because if you know, you know. <laughs> and and this is something that I want to discuss because all women, I mean, all women go through it. All the women that I've had interactions with go go through it. But this would be a time, like since we're talking about food a little bit, like because of the hormonal um, cycle that's going on and and the stress that your body's under, at that time, a lot of times we go to like eating comfort foods and chocolate and salty and all of these little treats because, oh, I'm on my period. I, you know, I want to eat this comfort stuff. I want to stress how important it is to, especially at that time to try and eat more healthy options because you know that you're going to have this reaction. So by adding fuel to the fire, you're not creating the best scenario for yourselves. So when we're talking about more of those little sporadics of like evaluating what you're eating, that's a big part of it. Um, because you already have the hormones going against you. So why don't you you know, give yourself a little head start and make sure that at that time that you do pay attention to getting some good fuel in you so that you can mitigate that response as much as possible. Yeah, so you're on top of it.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Eat healthy to mitigate period shit. Exactly. I've learned You heard it. You heard
2: it from Dane Wallace himself. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Life hacks.
2: Life hacks. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs>
1: awesome. So we're, uh, we're gonna be running out of time here real quick there Jackie. So okay. um, How do you incorporate abdominal massage into your treatments and uh, some of the gut massage that you, you do for your clients?
2: So I actually start at that point So I used to yeah start with the hips and kind of work my way out But I've taken it from the hips and gone even more central and I start at the belly button I start at the belly button and I work my way out from there And starting at the belly button is good for so many reasons. If we look at the traditional kind of teachings that I've been studying, which is the chini sang, abdominal massage comes from the Thai, um, background they work a lot with meridians and energetic lines and things like that so they you know teach us to start from the belly button and work your way out because that kind of opens all of the energetic pathways and all the meridian lines to all of the different organs and all of the you know the uh, the rest of the body as a whole so I love that philosophy so I start there but I also love I, I was watching a documentary about the gut and they were talking about you know the gut as the second brain and I'm sure this is a common term that we've all heard of lately but their argument was the gut is the first brain because if you look at all multicellular organisms every single one of them has a digestive system but not necessarily a brain and I heard that and I was just I had this like light bulb moment where I linked again like this is our, our lifeline to our mothers when we're in the womb is our belly button. This is where everything kind of stems from and our whole nervous system is, is developed from. So when I looked at that scientific kind of um, research and now paired it with the traditional Thai uh, research with the, the meridians and following those those uh energetic pathways it just made sense i said okay we're gonna start from the belly button we're gonna work our way out from here so that's where i start with my abdominal massage and i will always start from there and sometimes i don't even need to get to the edges and and the legs and the hands because we've released and opened up so much in that area that for me is so ignored that's one of the reasons why i went in this direction is because there's so many different practitioners out there there's so many different modalities which are fantastic but when it came to the abdomen, I just felt like it was like this little like empty kind of space. And and that's how we kind of think of it. We think of it as this empty cavity that doesn't do much. We speak negatively to it all the time. We're constantly covering it up. But that's like our energetic center. That's our all of our tissue, all of our connective tissue, our fascial nets all cross the abdomen. Um, it's our emotional center. All of our emotions kind of lie within the different organs. So it's such, there's so much that goes on there. And I just I really want to change people's relationship with their abdomen by educating them out on it first, but then also getting them to feel and understand what does it feel like to open up this area and the ripple effect that you get throughout the entire body when focusing and starting from there and working your way out. So everyone that comes on my table, um, I start with that belly button and and we see where it goes from there.
1: Hashtag free the belly.
2: Free the belly. Hey, Buddha. Buddha has a big belly. Everyone's seen the little Buddha dolls, but he also has the biggest smile on his face. So there's something to be said about just letting it hang out and just embracing instead of, you know, stressing about it all the time. So everyone embrace your Buddha belly.
1: (laughs) Awesome. All right, Jackie, well, where can people find you?
2: You can find me. I'm on Instagram and Facebook under Evolve Holistic. You can also find our website at evolveholistic.com. There's information there. Our blog is up there. We run retreats and different wellness workshops. And you can also email me at Jackie at evolveholistic.com.
1: Perfect. Uh, Well, I think that wraps up the first episode of the Move Daily Health podcast. Thanks for tuning in and we'll see you next time.
2: Happy pooping.
1: (laughs) We hope you enjoyed our conversation. To hear more, head on over to Stitcher or iTunes and subscribe to the Move Daily Health Podcast. And don't hesitate to leave us a review. Thanks for listening.